Hello, James. Hello, Jack. James, we have a once regular, now irregular, but always welcome guest on the show today. What do you think about that as a description for this for this person? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. <laughs> Who is this once regular, now irregular, but always welcome guest of whom I speak? Yeah, it's, uh, well, you know him all from the the Bunny Lad stream, I'm sure. We've got Just Hands uh, member Nick on the show. Welcome, Nick. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Nick and I have actually played with each other a little bit, uh, both in person and in some online games. Um, so it's great to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be back after a year absence. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that like just a little over a year ago, we were in Vegas at the WSOP, living in that big house. That was fun. You missed it. That was uh, two years ago, I think. Was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh... Yeah, last year I spent in, I was in Los Angeles. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I think, but I think I, is right. <laughs> I will take, I'll take the, I'll take the prop bet. I will take yeah. the prop bet. I have a good, uh, good. All right. With All right. I think uh, I'm trying to lean in your direction. That's right. That's right. I lived, I lived in the Rio last summer. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't even get to go to Vegas last summer, which was a bummer. Yeah. That's a bummer. What about this summer? Um, I hear the action was not so great. Yeah, I, I, I hear I hear it's a real blast for the tournament tournament world in Vegas right now. <laughs> well, the good news is we're not going to be talking about tournaments. Uh, so what are we going to be talking about? I brought you guys in a couple online cash hands, uh, but they're more live than online as far as online goes because they're played they were played on this uh this poker bros game that me and jacob durst and another associate have been hosting and it has included a number of just hands members so far uh and i I brought in two hands they're both i think they're both like fairly straightforward but they're both like a little bit uncomfortable and i figured we probably will go through them pretty fast if we don't have time for both that's fine uh, but the villain in both hands is actually uh, Guillermo Man, who I believe was on oh, the last podcast. Great. Uh, cool. So, real quick, is your what happened with Poker Bros? Is it is it gone? No, it's fine. They like delisted it from the App Store for like a day. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I was worried for you. All right, well, I'm glad to hear it's back up and going. So, yeah, if you're a Just Hands member, then. You can just hit up Nick and maybe get into this game. It's not, there's no affiliation with Just Hands. We don't have any kind of shady breakback deal or anything. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but I know Nick well. I know Jacob well. Good guys. Good guys to play with. I'm sure it's an action game. As Nick, you are an action player. That's why we all love you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's a good right. image to have. As you know, yeah. as as I get a little bit older and a little bit slower and more tired and don't have time to like, or the, the, the stomach to put in as many big bets. You know, my image 
my image goes before me and uh, that's going to be good. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have said anything about it, but I figured that would happen. Um, yeah. All right. So Bunny Lads versus Guillermo Man, Epic Online Showdown. We got two hands. Let's, right. let's start with hand one. All right. So hand one, uh, we're, let's see, this is, I think, hand like 65 uh, that I've seen at the table, something like that. So I'm in the small blind with nine, seven of clubs. We're playing a three blind game. It's 50 cent, a dollar, $2. And Guillermo man has $200 and I cover him. Uh, he raises the cutoff to six and I'm in the small blind with the nine, seven of clubs. And now I decide to do a thing. What do you think I should do here? I don't feel like too strongly about any of your options. I think Gearman is a pretty strong player. And you know, in the small blind, you know, three blind game with nine seven of clubs, not particularly deep. I probably just fold. Cool. Well, that's the end of the hand. <laughs> well played. Uh, no, I, I, you know, I don't think like you know, I don't think I'm folding you know, eight, seven. Yeah. Uh, ironically, I, I, kind of, I think eight, seven kind of is a better hand than nine, eight in a lot of ways. Uh, some we've talked about, but yeah, I, I don't think I fold six, seven or seven, eight. I think nine, seven is nine, seven and nine, eight are tough. I think I might fold both, but I don't think it's crazy to do other things with those hands. What, yes. um, who, who's in the big blind and, um, straddle? So to my left is a player who seems to raise fairly consistently pre-flop uh, with a pretty straightforward range, but seems to be pretty, pretty tight, fairly passive post-flop. To his left is uh, a player who I will name because it's, it's Jacob Durst. And so people in the Just Hands membership will have some familiar familiarity with his play in this game he tends to play quite a bit looser than i've than i've seen him play in other settings definitely pretty aggressive but i'm not too worried about about it in this spot as jacob has been using some pretty ridiculously large pre-flop sizings uh which makes my decisions pretty simple even when i do raise here does that make sense yeah. So, yeah, I would just say, like, I think it's, it's like, more defensible if we think the, the blinds aren't going to put us in too many hard spots. Like, they aren't going to uh, squeeze very often, and they're going to make mistakes um, post-flop. And, like, yeah, and I don't know whether those mistakes are, like, folding too much or calling too much, but... Yeah, that that's like where, like if we're not getting squeezes often, then I like like v pipping more. Like, I've been playing in these games recently where it'll get like limp to me on the button, and I'll like nine eight offsuit, and I'll just you know put in the put in the extra five or whatever um, because. Um, but like if if there are players in the blinds that are playing kind of aggressively, then. 
I won't do that. Anyway, mm -hmm. just kind of a tangent. Uh, I would never, I would not be particularly worried about the big blind putting me in a tough spot. I definitely could be worried uh, about Jacob putting me in a tough spot, but here how, I, how do you think he's constructing like his his bluffs from the big blind like do you think he has any bluffs the big blind or the straddle oh yeah the straddle yeah i think i think he definitely has uh probably more way more bluffs than he should when he when he raises the straddle but do i think that he's doing it more frequently like raising more frequently in general than he should be that that is hard to say. Like the mistakes I, I can definitely comment on are, are the sizing that I've seen and the hand selection maybe, uh, but I don't know about, about the total frequency. Yeah, I think the total frequency is gonna be most important here. And like what frequencies are important to consider? Like if you three bet, how often are you gonna be called uh, or four bet? And if you call, how often is there going to be a three bet that comes in behind? And then secondarily, just how often is there going to be another caller? Uh, and I would say with a hand like nine seven suited out of position, we basically want as little resistance and as little action behind as possible. I would say. So if we if we call, I think we want a very low three bet frequency. I don't think it. Is that relevant when we have a hand like nine seven suited that our opponent is sizing too large? You know, obviously, if our opponent was sizing rather small, then you know we, we can call more often. But I think there's there's not a, a huge difference between like correctly sized and very large here uh, mm -hmm. for this particular hand. That makes sense. So what do we do? I, did we did we already say did we call? Uh, no, I didn't say. Uh, I actually, my, my, the way I'm constructing here is actually, uh, I'm, I'm actually, when I play online, raising this hand some of the time. And so I raised uh, to 24 here. And how, how do you burst stacks again? Uh, we're uh, 100 straddled, 100 big blinds deep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, I think Jack and I both think it's like, a little wide, but not crazy. Okay. Shall we continue? No. <laughs> no, just kidding. All right, so we 3-bet. We Does anything happen other than we face a call from Gamer Man? No, everyone okay. else folds. <laughs> well, I'm glad we went through all that. Um, <laughs> I just, quick aside, I just went on uh, like the Rec Poker podcast yesterday with Zach, actually. Uh, yeah. One of the hosts of that show came to a Just Hands event a few years ago where it was still Zach and I, not James and I. And so the two of us went on the show and yeah, we, they were talking about how like if you, if you just love hearing people going on and on and on about like a pre-flop decision, like you're just going to love Just Hands. <laughs> we, are, we are really living up to the billing here. So, uh, so if, if you're with us, you must love us. And so we love you for that. Anyway. Reflop is important. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Nine seven suited, threw in a three bet, got called. What what happens now? 
Uh, so we go to the flop with 51 in the pot, and the flop is the eight of diamonds, the king of hearts, and the ace of hearts. And it's on us. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty solid flop. I'm, I'm not seeing a world where we don't see bet here where we could possibly justify a, a you know, a free bet, personally. Agreed. So uh, I do see bet. Any any comments on uh, sizing? Anything like that? I personally like to go a little bit bigger in a spot like this, since I think we can get our opponent to like really do a lot of range sharing on this street, and it's just really nice. That's the case. I just don't think we get floated that often. Gearman's you know very competent player who maybe understands that that's how you might be thinking about this spot and will call you with more King X and gut shots than most players would. Right. But, you know, make him do it. I would say go like, you know, half pot 60%. Are you thinking this is mostly like a one and done spot? Well, we have some, some very good turns. So no, I don't think we have to be one and done, but I think we will not be barreling on, you know, without picking up equity. We won't pick up equity the most of the time. And so I think we want to make sure we get a lot of the easier folds now, rather than trying to stretch it off out across two streets. I agree with this. To that tune, I, I did bet, I bet exactly half pot. Uh, for actually all the reasons pretty much you listed. I just feel like we need to bet a little bit bigger uh, on a somewhat dynamic board, but one that favors me a lot. We want to put that pressure on the, the many, many hands that are going to be uncomfortable uh, about calling a bet here, but are clearly, clearly beating us. Yeah. And the- I, I think you want to pick kind of a sizing that puts the the like gut shots into kind of a place where they're kind of indifferent. Like I think King X is, is a pretty easy call, but like, yeah, if he has like a hand like queen 10, like make it so neither option really feels that great. Right. Shall I continue? Can you remind me of just uh, give us a suits update? Yeah. So I've got the nine, seven of clubs. And the board is Ace of Hearts, King of Hearts, Eight of Diamonds. Okay. And I bet $25 and a half dollars and Guillermo Man calls. All right. So the turn, uh, we go with 102 in the pot. It's the pretty nice looking to me, uh, Six of Spades. And now it's on us again. Yeah, this is one of the cards we have to barrel. Um, so what's what's the SPR? 1.5 to 1. Stick it in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would just shove. I mean, I don't know. What like what else are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Yeah, I think... by an ace. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I think uh, you can... If you feel like one and a half SPR is like not ideal, then you can always bump up the flop. And it's it's good to sort of 
and I'm speaking sort of more to the audience, it's good to sort of strive for that awareness where it's like, all right, a lot of times when I pick up the equity that I can pick up, I really would actually like to be all in. That's sort of my best size. But I don't want to be all in. I, I don't feel the need to, I'd rather get more folds on the flop rather than be all in for like a much larger sizing on the turn. If that's your preference, then you know that's sort of where pocket construction can come into play. And if you make it 0.6 instead of 0.5, on the flop, then now you know you're dealing with you know, 2.2 flop pots instead of two, and so you're looking at like 1.3 instead of 1.5, something along those lines. Maybe that feels more appetizing. Regardless, I think uh, this was sort of the dream. It's a very dreamy runout for this hand, and in terms of being able to use it as a bluff, it's nice to be able to get some flush draws, maybe to fold. Although it's on this particular board. It's not trivial to get like jack 10, queen 10, queen jack of hearts to fold. You know, those those hands are probably getting like a pretty reasonable price against your range. But right. I do think it's a really sort of impossible spot for like king x to call you for non-combo draws to call you. So like queen of queen jack with the queen of hearts is a hand that probably floats you on the flop that just has to fold. So, so you're just getting a lot of folds here. And maybe ace X folds. It wouldn't shock me. Like, ace-10 is a little bit of an annoying hand to have here because he blocks some bluffs. So, like... Yeah, like, yeah. ace-10 ace with the 10 of hearts, ace-jack with the ace of hearts. I mean, those are hard hands to call. Like, there's not mm -hmm. that many bluffs Nick has. I might call ace-jack because I think we'll, like... Just because we might be chopping sometimes. But, yeah, it's... Yeah. Jack of Hearts is not good to have. Results? What happened? Caramel Man tanked for 20 seconds and then called uh, with Ace of Spades, Queen of Hearts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Queen of Hearts is like, it's a little ugly for him, but I don't think you can fold Ace, Queen. You're just like, I just, you're, yeah, you're beating just, some value. You're just beating some value. Yeah. Yeah. Blocking the Ace. I, I don't think it's It's pretty. It's a tricky spot, but I think against you, where you can show up with nine seven here, it's too good. Yeah. So so uh, something I'm I, I was thinking about this morning is while while it feels very much like the hand kind of plays itself on on the runout, I'm wondering if the line I take just lets our opponent just play at equilibrium too easily. Does that make sense? Uh, I know what you're saying. Well, I don't think like, it's not a spot where like you're fooling anybody. Yeah. That, but it's a spot where you just have a much stronger range. Yeah. And so I don't think like equilibrium really favors you here. Right. Now, what I will say is that like, when you're considering the three bet with nine seven, it's much better if you can get opponents to fold too much in these spots with a hand like nine seven. Right. And so if ace five of diamonds like, finds an easy call here, then I don't know, know that necessarily means like you played post flop incorrectly, but it might mean that you really just shouldn't be three betting this sort of like bottom end of your range pre-flop and should just have like a much more 
linear uh, and very strong three bedding range from the small line. Mm -hmm. Any last thoughts on this one, James? I wonder if, uh, I'm just kind of wondering if um, ace queen ever four bets, probably sometimes from Guillermo's position. Um, it's definitely like a candidate, but maybe it's too strong. Maybe you want to have something like ace jack in there, cut off for a small blind if you expect small blind to be a little bit wide. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think we played it well. Um, yeah. Nice hand. Thanks. I think we have time for one more. All right. Yeah, we're only 30 minutes in. You know, it's felt like an eternity. I'm just kidding. Um, well, it felt like an eternity for you. You can only. Have <laughs> uh, let's know. Let's let's forge. Let's forge onward. All right, let's do it. Um, the next one again against Guillermo Man. Uh, this time we're quite a bit deeper. Obviously. Oh wait, did you win? <laughs> Oh no 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 no! I lost, but I want to. I want another big hand. Uh, actually, a couple. So, Guillermo Man won, and he is at uh, four sixty-seven, and I cover here. Uh, we're still fifty cent a dollar, two dollars, uh, and it's the same configuration: cut off versus small blind. This time he opens again to six. Uh, and we're going to raise again to 24 with the king queen of diamonds. Yeah. Cool. Nothing to say, right? Yeah. I mean, cool. I, I will say like king queen, it's one of these hands where I think you can make like a pretty reasonable case for calling as well, just because like, what are the... A lot of the hands that kind of live on the border between overcall and fold to three bet, RV, king jack offsuits, like king tens, king jacks, like queen jack offsuits, like those sorts of hands. So I do think in some ways we have like much more incentive to three bet, like a jack 10 suited here than king queen suited from like a dealing with two other blinds perspective. But on the other hand, this hand is very strong relative to cutoffs range, and I, I don't mind three betting. Uh, how deep is everybody? Like, how deep are you with everybody? Uh, at this point, I cover everyone at the table, but of the people to my left, the straddle has like I think uh, I think I can look this up literally. Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. It, I think the straddle has about 300 here, and the big blind has something like 170. Okay, and how about Guillermo Man? Uh, Guillermo Man had 467. Okay, so not so, so deep. Uh, deeper, no. not so, so deep. I mean, if you're so, so deep, that's when I start to like just not doing very much three betting out of position because being out of position just starts to really, really suck no matter what. Right. And I think we just can sort of do better by calling very often, if not always. Uh, as not necessarily, if, if it's very transparent you're doing that, it's not as good, but normally it won't be. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that's, that's something that can work well. But yeah, here I like 
you have a lot of good options, but three bedding, I think is very, very much among the options that are good. <laughs> that was a, an interestingly, interesting way to put it, but uh, there you go. It's starting to sound like me. Okay, cool. James, any thoughts on that? Um, I, I just, I agree with Jack. Like, I think we could flat it. And the reasons are like, we'll dominate some hands that overcall and the, we're like getting like King Jack off from the cutoff to probably fold. But um, yeah, three bet is also good. Like we have a really strong hand. Is there, so how much does the, does the third blind play into your thinking uh, in a spot like this? I personally think it's quite relevant because it makes it just changes the dynamics of calling by a lot. You know, it's it's a slight dissuader to aggressive action because it's another person who can wake up with premiums, but that's not going to be a huge impact because premiums just don't come along that often, especially when we have hands that you know fall into a three betting range and another person has already opened. So to me, it's just more how it changes the dynamics of calling and that you just have a lot more incentive to like get dominating equity out of the pot is the way I would put it and to get in position players out of the pot. So that's why overall I like three betting more in that kind of circumstance. I just think you have a sort of a special hand here that has unique incentives because of the way people tend to play the sort of like immediately dominated set of hands. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes a lot of sense to me. Four bet? No, he calls. Damn. I know. That would have been sickening, but none of that. Yeah, it's not a great spot, but. So he calls uh, the flop uh, is again, there's 51 in the pot. And it is ace of clubs, nine of hearts, six of spades. And we have the king, queen of diamonds. Ace of clubs, nine of hearts, six of spades. Correct. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go first. I don't think we have to see that here. You know, we block some folds like king jack, queen jack suited, hands like that. And um, I guess the strong hand we block is like ace queen, but um, like this board definitely favors our range, but I think out of position here, um, we probably don't have to bet a hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, I think I, I slightly prefer check, but um, I mean, um, but obviously has some good things that can happen to like, Maybe we can get like some low pairs to fold below the six. Maybe we got a hand like Jack 10 to, to fold, which has some equity against us. Yeah. I think a lot of those Jack 10s could actually call because three of them will have a backdoors, you know, three to flush, three to straight. And a little better than, I guess not really better than three to straight, but I lean towards check when we have two cards that kind of shift our opponents like suited broadways towards having backdoors. Because I think to get those types of hands to fold deep enough out of position, 
we have to put in a reasonable amount of money here on the flop. And then I think you kind of start pressing up against just like a barrier of hands that your opponent's just not going to fold. And it's a board that actually gets kind of ugly for your value range on a reasonable number of turn cards. So like ace-king is like, you know, it's the bee's knees here on the flop. But on a turn 10 or 5 or 9, or really a, even like a 6 or a 7, it's no longer anywhere near as strong as a hand on a relative basis. Mm-hmm. So I would not do like a ton of betting on this flop, even though I think your, your range is quite strong. And I think you can you can do a lot of delayed betting. And Gearman's tough. He might not let you do it. He might just like stab with a lot of Jack-10, Queen-10 type hands. And so I think mixing in some check raises against Gearman with hands that are slightly better instead of C-betting is a good way of approaching the situation. But I just don't think you can really make much happen here. I just don't think your hand has enough favorable qualities and you're out of position. So I would just check, planning to check fold uh, and then delay C-bet on very favorable turn cards like a deuce three, four, or maybe a six. Mm-hmm. Something else um, is that like against strong players, I don't think we'll be perceived to be giving up here. Like I think when we check, it looks like we have a hand like kings or queens or um like ace five something like that so i'm not too worried about like getting bluffed here too much Mm -hmm. i agree with that and i I would also add the caveat that uh by checking i think it, it 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 does a very interesting thing to my ranges in specific because of people's perception of what I am typically doing with my hands. Uh, so I feel like when I check people in people's minds, I have a disproportionate amount of traps as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you. I, I did end up checking. Nice. And uh, we get pretty much the best possible response, which is uh, he checks back. <laughs> All right. Now winning the hand is in play. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, so the turn, uh, we still have 51 in the pot, and it is the Jack of Hearts. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. I would not bet once. Oh, sorry. I would not bet the turn to check the river. I think this is a good spot to either go ahead and put a lot of pressure on Jack X and not depend on like having draws kind of give up and check back the turn and just go ahead and double barrel uh, fairly frequently here. Or I would check again, hope to face another check and then potentially put in a hefty river bet. Cause I, I do think you can get, I think you can rep value on the river and get a lot of like, Pairs that are looking to show down to fold. Like I don't think sevens is going to get to the river 
and facing like 75% pop, like a full pop bet, feel really eager about calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I just, I don't think like a small turn stab followed by a check on the river is going to go very well for you. So I don't think you're going to get quite enough folds on the turn. And then I think you're not, Gamer Man's not going to just like give up when you check the river. It's, it's hard to name a hand that will hold on the turn. I mean, I, I do think like we can get some like shit pairs to fold on the turn. Yeah. Like, uh, sevens could. But maybe it won't. Yeah, it's it's hard to find like a slam dunk like this hand will for sure fold a turn here. I agree. I think it's I, th- I think it's pretty disgusting. That uh, I think betting here in general it feels pretty bad. I just yeah I agree. Without like a big sizing, I think we're getting almost nothing to fold, and I think it's even questionable that for a big sizing, some of the hands that we would need to fold for that sizing will be. Uh, so yeah. But well, I, I think you can get folds on the river, though. I agree. So I think you can bet the turn, expecting to be able to put in like a very profitable river barrel. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's better than just checking and then waiting to just put in that barrel until a river. So I did decide to check, and. One of the only other reasons besides what you've already stated uh, that I did decide to check is just because in terms of hands that the, the hands that I would be perceived to check on the flop, I think that a decent percentage of them are looking to check again on the turn in order to let all the hands that picked up a ton of equity on this card bluff into me. I mean, like kings and like if we had kings or queens or a low ace. Yeah, or 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 the times we have trapped like aces or I don't know, maybe nines occasionally. I, yeah, I do think like check raise to deny. It's pretty interesting here, but I'm just not confident enough that like Guillermo Man is gonna bet. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't hate check raise. Or, or what are you thinking? Like, if you face a bet and you check here, I took I took a pretty I took a pretty unorthodox line in this hand. <laughs> um, is this gonna be a check call lead? That is exactly what it is. <laughs> um, I felt like I felt like there are just first of all, king queen suited. It's beating a lot of the hands that I think are incentivized to bet the turn, and the ones that it's not beating has like fine equity against those hands. Uh, yeah, I don't think check call is crazy for a small size. Yeah. Uh, so he, I checked. He didn't bet particularly small. He bet thirty-one which is not too big for the turn though. What do you think about it? Think about calling that. Uh, it's ambitious. 
I don't, I actually don't mind it because it, it feels too big, which makes me think we're actually a little bit more likely to be good. Right. Where it, this could just be like, you know, some picked up, maybe this is a, you know, 10, nine, what's the board? It's ace of clubs, nine of hearts, six of spades, jack of hearts. Like queen 10 yeah. is open-ended. Right. Yep. I could see it as like a queen 10 saying like, all right, let's make sure king queen folds or some other straight draw that maybe decided not to bet the flop. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind it. I think I kind of like... I don't mind fold. I also kind of just like bet so that we don't have to put ourselves in a situation where we're doing something really kind of strange on the river mm-hmm. that our opponent can kind of what will will definitely think like pretty hard about what it is we're doing. Right. I don't mind if Guillermo man thinks. I mind if other players think, but you know, what as as thinking poker players, uh, you know, there's more of a tendency for us to get stuff in our heads. So that probably benefits me, if anything. Maybe. <laughs> well, uh, so we're we call, also. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? I mean, would your call to lead? Sorry, was your plan to lead on certain turns when you called? On certain rivers, yes. Yeah. Which rivers? Um, I think we can pretty profitably lead on a king for value. Uh, I think we can lead. We could lead some of the time on a queen for value, and then I think so. So basically, the way the way I was thinking about it is, if when we're the the cards that we're going for value on, we're basically going to want to bet like very very small when we lead because. Uh. I there yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm not liking. Uh, th- I'm not liking this. Okay, I'll right. tell you why in a second. But sorry, I don't. I didn't mean to just uh, derail you. No, that's fine. Um, so I was thinking, yes, on the on the cards that we can bet for value, we want to bet super small when we lead. Um, and then on specific cards, it well, okay. So on the king and the queen, we want to lead super small if we're going to be betting those. I think we can bet the king. We can lead the king almost all the time. We can lead a queen some of the time. I think on a 10, uh, we're going to want to lead for a large sizing to balance out the cards that we're going to end up bluffing on. Because the cards that we end up bluffing on, I think we have to use a large sizing. Does that make sense? I don't, I don't think we should be balancing across, like different possible rivers does that make sense like okay like a 10 is different from like a deuce um anyway um i I like leading the 10 yeah that i'm with you i'm open to leading the queen i don't like leading the king why is that because i think your opponent is much more likely to have queen 10 than king 10 and I think your opponent is much more likely to think that you could have a hand like king queen than a hand like queen ten. I just it would be really unorthodox for somebody to play queen ten through a check flop 
check hall turn line. And so on a king, I just don't think Giraman is going to look at Jack-10 and say like, oh, I guess I call. I think he's going to raise you. I think it'll be a very good play. Right. So I don't think you can get value on a king. That's the card I, I think I have the, the biggest dispute with you. On a queen, you're still, it's still risky, but it's much more likely you have king 10 than queen 10, I would say. And it's also, I think Guillermo Man is less likely to barrel queen 10, or sorry, king 10 than queen 10. And I think having a pair of queens like queen 10 is a hand that's more likely to shrug call. I still think like, we're also it's, it's just, you know, I don't, I just, there, like queen I just Jack. don't, yeah, I don't see you getting value. I just don't see you getting value here. On the queen, like when you river the 10, obviously you can get value, but I, I actually think a Gehrman's going to be pretty disciplined about folding hands that are worse than like top pair. Um, because your your natural bluffs are hands like kings and queens there. Mm-hmm. It's a spot you might want to consider a check raise because like the hands you can get called with are more likely to value that anyway. Make him check back an ace and be nitty. Uh, and that's a more plausible way of going about bluffing with a hand like kings or queens. So yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the, the check hall lead. I, I was interested, I was intrigued and I like the experimentation, but with the benefit of time, I'm finding myself just not really a big fan of the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I think in the future, when you get into the spot, Nick, you should just call a friend on the phone and we'll talk about it for <laughs> a few minutes and then uh, you can decide what to do. I, I actually don't, I, I like it more as like a bluff than a thin value bet, I will say. If it's a deuce, then I kind of get it. I think it's kind of cool. But Well, maybe you'll like it better when I tell you my sizing. Yeah, I mean, if you like, just like make it really big on like a deuce, I, I can rock with that. Like, that's pretty cool. Nah, I'm, I'm not that cool. Uh, the deck's not that cool to me either. So anyway, we I'll, I'll go on here, uh, regardless of if you like the line or not. Uh, the, <laughs> the So I call the turn uh, and the river is a king, an offsuit king. Uh, and I do lead here. The pot is $113, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I lead for 19.5. Well, I hope you're planning to call. <laughs> I am planning to call all raises. With <laughs> okay. If you're planning to call, then I, I, can, I can get behind it. It's just like, yeah, it's, you're, you're putting yourself out there on an island, but there's as many Jack 10s as there are Queen 10s. And there's also a good amount of queen jacks and, you know, other just random garbage. So I just let him hang himself. I like it. I only like it as an induction. I hate it as like a value bet. It's, it's, it's mostly an induction with the, like the, the, my idea was basically like there are some hands in his range that like, for example, like let's say he has, 
I don't know. He's getting a little bit out of line. Things he's feeling it. He's got some jack eight here. He's got some hands that he's going to feel uncomfortable that that are like a jack or a nine that he's going to feel uncomfortable raising with for whatever reason. And he feels like, ah, oh, well, it's just like a tiny bet. He never, you know, he could be doing this like one percent of the time with a bluff, and it's worth it. But the main the main crux of the decision was like. Yeah, we can bet 19.5 here. He never has an ace here. His range feels pretty fucking capped to me. Obviously, he can have queen 10 as an outlier. Uh, but when he raises, I'm just never folding king queen. Uh, so yeah, that was yeah. that was the idea. I wouldn't exactly call queen 10 an outlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think I've evolved through the hand to to see it roughly your way i still think like it's a just a really easy thing to do to just double barrel Mm -hmm. on this turn Mm -hmm. and so i don't mind i'm still like kind of sticking with that as like a pretty good play to make here in an online game where you just don't have that much time to think about stuff Mm -hmm. but i can see the riverbed making sense. I can see the turn call making sense. That That's part of what bothers me is like, we had to make this really big call on the turn to get to this spot, which that's still kind of why I leaned to my line starting the turn. But yeah, I, I think you might, I think you might be owning camera man here on the end. I think camera man like to be taking a bluff line here makes a lot of sense. But sometimes, like you just think that they're going to fold the hand they have, and then they just don't. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, oh, this is king queen. I, but, I'm not sure how much like nuts we have in this line. Like, are we really taking this line with queen ten? No, we never are. That's the point, though. Yeah. It's like that's what that's where Gimmerman went wrong. Is okay. he said he said, well, this is never queen ten. <laughs> it's probably just something weird. Like, yeah. Well, like, well we, then we can then we can raise like. I don't know, like two pair or something here. Yeah, I mean, if if Gearman, he like raises queen jack. Yeah, if he if he just like raises, he just doesn't have that much two pair as part of it. He should yeah. be raising king jack, I would say, but it's not an easy thing to do. I think it's actually kind of easier to bluff here. I yeah, I, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about what's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's actually, uh, probably the most anticlimactic ending you could possibly. Oh no, he just folded. I bet 19 and a half dollars and he folds. Oh, camera man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so good. He knew it was never oh, a he wrecked you. Oh man. But it was, it was, it was interesting because I was like, he, we were, so, so this whole time we were in the zoom call together. So we were staring at each other's faces and talking throughout most of this. And on, when I make this bet, he like, he like stops and makes a bunch of like, you know, like bewildered eye movements. Uh, and then he said, well, that sure is an annoying bet. And he said, he says, um, I know this card is good for your range, but what are you trying to do to me here? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Brutal. Yeah. 
It's too bad. Yeah. But it's you, a low percentage play anyway, so be it. You you tried to fuck with Guillermo Man and it didn't work. It didn't work. But I don't I, I don't think he folded a jack. I wouldn't be surprised if he folded like a nine or a jack. Because I just don't think you can call with those hands. Because what do you be? Tens? Yeah. Yeah. Just I don't know. Tens? Yeah. Uh, no, tens wouldn't do it. So, yeah, I don't. That's that's sort of like, that was why I didn't like the play from like a gut reaction. And then I like it a lot better if we plan to just like call off. But yeah, that's the risk is that you're calling off versus king, queen, ten. And all those worst hands just like fold. And yeah. Is there a size I could have chosen on the river? This would work, by the way, this would work great against Zach. I know. That's that's where I got the idea. <laughs> I know, because he loves that bet so much on the river. It's like, it's just, in fact, in my head, I was like, ah, it's a fuck you bet. Here we go. Yeah. Well, I think the lesson is, just hands members, especially long time just hands members, are pretty good at poker and it's hard to exploit them. <laughs> but they will try. <laughs> oh, we try. Yeah, we try. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, these were these were fun. This, this sounds like a really fun game. I'm gonna try and show up at some point. You should. Um, some of the players in the game that uh, that I didn't get to mention at all in either of these hands are are pretty pretty blast offy, uh, if you will. So it's it's definitely a pretty high octane game at times, uh, and I've had I've had a pretty good time playing. Does that sound right, James? I know you've found yourself in these streets. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a fun game. It's not like you're nitty casino game or something like people are um bluffing and betting really thin for value and you build up a lot of like interesting uh history and dynamics with different players and uh yeah um it's a lot of fun james you can badmouth the game it's okay I, i'll forgive you <laughs> <laughs> all right gentlemen well, I appreciate both of your time and Thank you. thanks to everyone who is listening. If you want to get early advance of you know, opportunities like this high octane poker bros club, then consider becoming a Just Hands patron and find your way into the Just Hands Slack group. Uh, and we will see you guys next week.